Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Kirvin, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. The Heartbreak Kid, John Michaels, a.k.a. Russell Stressbrook, because this quarantine is trying to take me out of the game. And on the line is my wonderful co-host, as always. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. AKA that bald headed badass, AKA your favorite little shit talker, AKA that little baby who's not okay. I'm not okay, friend. What's going on? What's going on? Let's talk about it. You know, lately it's been more or less like existential crisis Allie has like reared her head, right? Mm -hmm. And I know it was going to happen. It happens after every birthday. Literally every birthday I go through like a small crisis and it's like, all right, this is managed. Like a, um, not a midlife crisis because I plan on living way past 60, but like it's one of those things where a lot of I constantly am chasing myself with the question, what the fuck do I want? What do I want? And I've spent a lot of time, especially in the past three years, figuring out what the fuck I don't like. I, I know for a fact what I do not want. And so those things have repelled themselves, so to speak. Like, of course, you put the work in, but what I do not want in my life has exited for the most part. Like, I, of course, there's still like more clean house and things that I need to do for me in order to make that real. But like, or to solidify that. But what the fuck do I want, dog? And coming into that has made me realize that there's still a lot of shit that I need to continue to grow in a lot of areas in my life that just require attention. And it all just feels like a lot. It just feels like it, everything just feels so fucking heavy lately. So, yeah. Um, fuck it. We'll get right into the shit. I mean, we know what we did this past weekend. The same thing we've done the last five, six weekends. Not a goddamn thing. Right. Um, so, and so I, I generally did. If you had asked me before this quarantine, did I have anxiety? I would have told you no, right? I would have said, like, no, I don't really suffer from anxiety. I mean, I'm good, you know? You know, do I get nervous? Do I get anxious? Yeah, sure. But I only suffer from anxiety because in my head, I didn't. But um, we, we talked about what this pandemic has revealed to us a, a lot, right? One thing is revealed because it's like... Right. So kind of like after maybe the first week or so of the stay at home order, and we'll discuss kind of what some of these governors are doing later, but it's like my chest started feeling really heavy. Right. And, and we've talked on air on wax about, you know, my health issues and kind of some of those things. So when I start feeling my chest heavy, I'm like, Oh, what the fuck is going on here? So, and, right. and the crazy thing is, is like your chest being heavy is, is a symptom of like high blood pressure, anxiousness, whatever. And so, but it starts to make, from- it starts to make you freak out, which is the exact thing that raises your anxiousness and blood pressure. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. it's like, it, it's, it's, it's as backwards as a whole. So you're like, okay, well, well, what, well, what's going on here? And so it's like, I'm like, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not eating super terrible like i'm not eating i haven't gone fully back and eating like five hamburgers a day so what's what's going on with that um i'm not even drinking as much as i 
thought I would during this quarantine because, again, it's, I don't really have a desire to drink if I'm not going anywhere. Um, yeah. So what is it? It's like you even like you even go to, you know, your Walgreens and even the Walgreens. It's like, I don't know, play. I don't know what's going on. And it's like, fam, <laughs> the nigga at the Walmart, the nigga at the Walgreens said, oh, I don't know, face. I'm like, fam, it's your job to know. What are you, what, what are we doing? First of all, what are we doing? <laughs> Walgreens hit you. Walgreens said, listen, when you find out, let us know. And I'm like, like, what are you? So, and it took a conversation that I had with um, Beloved. And it was like, you're just anxious. And I'm like, you just have anxiety. And I'm like, of all the times to figure out, nigga, that you have anxiety, now's not the time and um you figured this shit out during a pandemic right now it's not the time like and be, and also it's also like well nigga you do got a lot of shit to be anxious about we've we i mean we've discussed um the furlough situation that is going on not only with just me but with pretty much almost everybody we know like almost everybody that we know all of our- is yeah. beside that the majority of our friend group yeah, that is not like an an essential worker is is dealing with some sort of this. Um, and then you then if you're an overthinker, naturally now you have ample free time to kind of just get in your own head and and just kind of just sit in your thoughts. And my mom always told me that an idle mind is a devil's playground. So now you start thinking, you start yep. and and you're like. Okay, I'm I'm 28 years old, and then you think about like what you thought 28 was going to look like when you were like 19, and you're like, I can't wait to be a cold grown ass adult. I'm gonna have a wife. I'm gonna have kids. I'm gonna have this big ass house. I'm gonna have a job I love. And you get to 28 and you realize that I got none of those things. <laughs> like none of those, yeah. like none of those things that I thought I was gonna have. I have. So the crazy thing is that my my therapist has talked to me about this, right? Mm-hmm. Because of my family, everybody has like, oh, by now you should be doing da 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 da, and she's like, this. It, it literally she it, she broke it down in layman's terms, but it is called the by now syndrome. By now we have this expectation of what our life was supposed to look like, and when it doesn't look like that, we get disappointed instead of saying, okay, maybe. And I mean, for those of us who believe in a higher being and a higher power, maybe what we want wasn't serving our greatest good. Maybe you need to get used to the idea that, okay, you expected certain results. That's not the case right now. So what are you going to do about it? It's not the time to say, sit down and say, you know what? By now I'm supposed to own a mansion and have businesses and be driving my dream car and fucking my dream girl. Like, and that's not the case right now. So what the fuck do you do? Right. You know what I mean? So it's literally... So it's literally just saying, okay, I don't have it by now, but I will, or right now even, but I will have it. And understanding that time truly is what we make of it. And it is like these, these arbitrary ass deadlines that we put into our lives saying, okay, by 30, I should have X, Y, and Z. No, by 30, I should have experienced certain things in order to get me to X, Y, and Z. So I mean, therapy's working, <laughs> right? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't did the whole, about... you didn't did the whole shit on me. Um, what I will say is this: one thing I mean, that again, I I kind of live my life through quotes and phrases, and one quote that always sticks with me is, "If you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans." And and and, and that's oh, kind of sure. because again, none of us thought we. I don't think anybody really thought they would be where they are in twenty twenty. <laughs> when they when when they had that talk with God or your higher power or your ancestors or 
the moon or the crystals, whatever kind of guides your life. No one really saw how this is going to go. Um, you know what? I'm going to sound crazy for a second. So do you mind? I was about to say, like, you I sound crazy generally. So I think this is okay. Yeah. So crazier, crazier than I genuinely do, right? What's nuts is that in my life, no. Did I predict a global pandemic? No, I didn't. But I did predict that there would be a life event. Like, I saw it. It's weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. I'm going to sound like a fucking weirdo. But, like, I did see a giant pause in my life. Like, something happening that makes me stop everything I've got going on and everything that I've got doing. And it pivots my life. Now, did I say that that was going to be a global pandemic? Did I see that shit? No. But I did see some life-altering event coming and making me reevaluate what I've got. So this is all your fault is what I'm getting here. It sounds like we can blame you for this. Okay. Typically, things are my fault. So I'll take this one. If you want, if whatever helps you sleep at night, friend. But like, I didn't necessarily see a global pandemic, but I saw something coming in and drastically making me have to pause. And readjust and reevaluate my priorities. And to be honest with you, like, I, this quarantine fucking sucks. I miss my family. I miss my friends. I, I miss life as I know it. But I'm actually looking forward to life after. Like, okay, what's next? Like, I survived this. As a millennial, we have survived 9-11. Two recessions and a global pandemic. What the fuck? Like, I'm starting to feel, like, a little invincible. And see, well, see, maybe that's, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just how we view things differently. Because I'm just like, because, again, we've had, like, at least four kind of, again, life-altering society-altering events before we hit 30. And I'm just like, shit, like, can, can, like, can a nigga get a break? And it's, and it's like, all of these things, it's like, you know, especially it's timed. Because it's time where it's like, Okay, you know, nine eleven happened. We were all children, so we so so even when we didn't necessarily fully realize the gravity of nine eleven, like maybe right then, depending we, we were depending children. on how old individuals were at, at the time, our childhood was kind of taken away from us, and our innocence was robbed from us at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like before nine eleven, you could get you could fly, get to the airport for at six o'clock for a six thirty flight and be straight. Now try that shit. And we're just gonna look at you like nah. (laughs) And just we talk about that. I have we talk totally miss flights because we 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 talk about how in two thousand eight, depending you know, a lot of our friend group, a lot of our peers were either graduating high school, graduating college at that time. So you you're told Mm -hmm. okay, go to high school and if you and you can get a decent job if you just graduate high school if you want a really good job, whatever that means, white collar job, just graduate college. And as and what like during the end of when we were sold that story, the entire economic market collapsed. And now you had now you got these fresh out of high school, fresh out of college millennials fighting with 40, 50, 60 year old, you know, employees for the same job. Yep. So but and then we, yep. we we turn that around a little bit, you know, that, that goes into, you know, we start owning things, start getting 401ks, and it's like, a lot of us are hitting that 30 time where it's like, okay, what's, what is, how do I want the, my next chapter of my life to go? And it's like, actually, no, yeah. we're going to, we're going to lay off and furlough and fire 22 million people within four weeks. Have fun. Figure it out. Figure that out. And also... 
On top of you may on top of you may catch this regular. <laughs> you may catch this coronavirus. If you don't, right. you're at least going to get affected by it because you're not going to have a job. And you know, you still got kids to take care of. I'm mortgaged to think about you know life, real life shit just is on your plate. And it's like my nigga, like can I? And then it's like I think what makes me mad, and I know this is a tangent, but what makes me mad, and not necessarily mad, it's just like. You can tell that, like, maybe our parents and, like, our uncles and, like, maybe our, especially our grandparents just don't understand that, like, their way of life and how they did things just ain't, is not feasible for us. Like, I was talking with, you know, my, my mom and we was talking about, like, for, you know, retirement, right? And, you know, like, a lot of my uncles, you know, they have retirement. And if you, you know, they, they're able to live off that retirement. They have, like, their 401k. They have the Social Security. They may have, you know, depending on if they're military or not, depending on whatever, they may have, set, you know, a third, another 401k. And so they're able to live and not have to work because, I mean, they're getting three streams of income in retirement. That's not going to happen for us. Like, by the time we get, we get to that, yeah. there is going to be no Social Security. Like it's really, social security is it's really like, like we're really paying into a system that we are never going to see back. And the entire point of social security is like you pay into it when you're when you're young, and you take out of it when you're old. Millennials are paying into it when we're young, and there's just we're not going to see that back. So it's just. <laughs> oh yeah, it, I have totally come to grips that the systems that were put in place. Um, you know, the crazy thing is that if you think about the history of social security, it was established during times yeah. like this. So the fact that the millennial generation is going to be the first generation that when we hit, you know what I'm saying? Our golden years or whatever, we're going to be the first generation since the great depression that will not benefit from social security. We're going to be a bunch well. of old ass but, Walmart greeters, a bunch of, old, you know, instead of retiring at 60 and 65, the you idea, retire at 70 yeah. and 75, like, Hey. But also that a lot of that has to do with modern medicine and the fact that we're able to right. live longer and old people are living longer. So, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that play into that. So, you know, it's a lot. But friend, to be honest with you, I don't want to harp too much on the negative today. Honestly, it's been, you know, we deserve joy. We absolutely deserve We deserve joy. a lot. So besides, besides the, obvious, the obvious, what's up? Yeah. Right. So besides the obvious, you ready to jump into Yeah, let's week? get it popping. Um, yeah, let's get this week popping. Let's get this popping. Hello? I'm sorry. You started to break up just a little bit, friend. All right. Well, you know what? Real quick, before we change switch gears, mm -hmm. right? So with this and all the anxiety that, you know, our current state and climate that we have to live in is kind of throwing our way. How are you coping with anxiety? Um, again, this kind of just recently happened. So I've really, been really trying to do a lot of grounding exercises, a lot of breathing exercises, you know, kind of like, okay, touch, touch five things, acknowledge five things, breathe deeper five seconds, like that sort of thing that kind of like, it's almost like telling your body, like, hey, yo, nigga, relax. Like, we got this. Like, shit straight. Yeah. Because what I found myself doing, which probably, which is part anxiety, part whatever, is like, I was like subconsciously like holding my breath. It was weird. And just like, you're, you're doing whatever. And you're like, yeah. why Why did I just hold my breath for that one? What, what is going on? You just start. And it makes your body tense up. It makes everything around you feel heavier. 
and you literally cannot breathe because you are holding your breath. And it's like, you really break it down and it seems silly, right? It's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? And, but it's also like, you know, trying to, again, you, under, you understand, like, sometimes you got to break it down to a real beginner level. You really got to kind of break it down, explain it to yourself like you five. Like, all right, nigga, breathe. Like, breathe. Deep breath. In and out. Yeah. Also, take it easy on yourself. Like, and it sounds really, like, elementary, easier said than done. Like, Alex, I have bills out the ass. I have people. I have sick parents. I have children. I have this. I have that. And that's all going to be there. But if you die because of a heart attack or an anxiety attack or, like, if you put yourself in poor health behind stress, you can't take care of none of that shit that's going to be there. Sometimes you got to L-I-G it. Like, you have to let it go in order to say, okay, get yourself together, calm the fuck down. And go hit it. Because if you're not thinking rationally about all the things you have on your plate, you're not going to execute. You have to calm down. Especially because in our community, the black community, we often are our own biggest critics um, because that's how we were raised. We were raised to not really um, give ourselves credit for things. Or like, ooh, you think you better than everybody. You're like, ooh, flex months, you know, sort of. You know, that's that sort of yeah. thing. And and that is another one of our internal traumas and shit we gotta kind of unlearn because it's like because of that, it's like we internalize everything. We internalize the good and the bad because it's like, man, I can't I can't let no one know I'm struggling right now. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to hold it down, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to like, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to hold it down, but like, too many of our brothers and sisters have died of heart attacks at, at our age and younger. And it's like, that's not normal. Like we talk, we we've mentioned a lot of this on the on the coronavirus, but the pandemic has exposed the flaws that are have already been here. It hasn't 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 broke anything that wasn't already broken. Like, and the underlying medical conditions, the underlying health issues, as well as the socio-economical, um, just st- structural medical racism and prejudice. Yeah, that all combines to it. But still, like, we have to control what we can control. And then if you can't control it, understand that you can't control it. So there's no point in stressing out about it. I agree. I absolutely agree. All right, you ready to put this? Yes, commercial? and the coconut oil today. We need the coconut oil for for Teddy Riley's shiny ass face. <laughs> you want to get, get into, into it because this this has been delayed and it has stopped to start for like three and a half weeks. So I think it's time. All right, friend. Well, go ahead. So finally, so over since the last time we talked, right? Because we come to you once a week. Betty, uh, Babyface, and Teddy Riley um, attempted the battle twice. So on Saturday night prime time as much as prime time can get in these quarantine times um right. they had 400,000 in the IG live before it started like they started off at 400,000 yes mind you and all of these other IG versus battles Tory Lanes quarantine radio the top has been like 300 like Tory Lanes I think got to 350 once um, and so they started off higher than everybody else. And everybody was hype. Yeah. And when I tell you that Teddy Riley had a classic case of DTM, you ask me what DTM is? Sure doing is. What is doing DTM, too 
much. So Teddy first Riley one. pulled up in the first one with a whole. First and foremost, Teddy Riley was not social distancing at all, which is is very. It has a contrast to Babyface, who has caught COVID nineteen. Him and his family, so he has to social distance. And Teddy Riley had the whole production crew. We talked whole stage instruments, hype men, all of that. And again, both of, both of these men needed a designated millennial in the room to kind of show them how to work IG Live on both battles. But oh, Teddy sure. Riley pretty much just didn't have the sound quality because he was trying to do too much. He was trying to bring in the live instruments and stream it on his website as well as IG Live. So it just really didn't work out. And when I tell you... It takes a special type of nigga to ruin half a million people Saturday night. You gotta be a special type of nigga for that. Um, How do you waste my time during when all I have it? All I have is time, and you still manage a way to waste it. It takes that man, Teddy Riley. It takes a genius to pull up. Takes a genius to do that. Okay. Uh, Teddy Riley thought he was finna pull up with the Chuck E. Cheese band. And really get it cracking during a fucking quarantine. My nigga, if you don't just sit down in your home studio and push play, that's all we ask for. Which leads to Monday night. Yesterday, um, they have a rematch. First and foremost, shout out to Babyface to agree for agreeing to the rematch because I, for sure, if I was, I would have been. If I was like, nigga, like, excuse me. So shout out to Babyface for agreeing to the rematch. Shout out to Teddy Riley for like. Find just put you know sitting down in the studio and pressing play. He had a couple sound issues and there's a couple technological issues like that kind of like hampered the battle a little bit. But also, I think a lot of that was on IG because I don't think IG Live is meant for to hold half a million people. I think we realize that. I think not. I think some of the is issues not. was on IG, Instagram because they just didn't. They did not have the bandwidth necessary at points to hold the 500 thousand people who are watching which honestly as a as a social media platform is a good right problem. like but you only realize that problem exactly and also these are these are again spooky hours and scary times like no one has ever you don't know that you need to extend your bandwidth for ig live until you're in the middle of a quarantine and two of the most influential people of the culture of the last however many years decided to do an ig live battle you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of one of those things. Like you don't know until you know. But let's get into the music. So, right. were you, did you watch French? Honestly, I couldn't get on because there were half a million people already on. So I had to sit this one. So I was able to watch it on my laptop because um, I tried to get on my phone and it was frozen. So I had to go laptop it out. And so again, you forget how much these people have done. And what it and, and when it comes to time, so put it like this, friend. Can we talk, right? Can we talk? Classic on on classic on classic, right? You know, we'll we'll still go off at the party today. You, you feel me? Absolutely, has gone off at the party today. Baby things drop that in round seven. Oh wow! <laughs> you feel me? Can we talk? Is a lot of people's closer. That's a lot of people's big joker. Baby things drop that in round seven. You understand what I'm saying? Babyface has throwaway Grammy songs. Like, throwaway award-winning Grammy I knew, songs. Like, listen, I want to hear it. Teddy Riley started off with SWV right here. That was his opener. 
So we talk yeah, about nah. like how just it was a t- you know through all the memes, and I will give Teddy credit. Teddy was a great sport because he even he even admitted like yeah, I saw the memes, I saw the you know I saw the hashtag, I saw the jokes, and he came out the gate firing like Teddy like. We know Babyface of catalog. Teddy won the first four out of five rounds. Teddy won that. <laughs> I mean, we can, we know Babyface. We know Teddy yeah. Riley, right? A lot of us, like, and if you don't know, you need to get mad. There's, there's playlists like, flirting around. We've never there's said, playlists floating around of. Uh, oh, I've, I've listened to so, several. <laughs> some of your parents For and sure, grandparents but like, were conceived to Teddy Riley and Babyface. Y'all can get the jokes off. Right, the jokes are the jokes. The jokes are going to, listen, the one thing black people are going to do is get these motherfucking jokes off. That is not to be mistaken. But nobody has ever questioned the pen of Teddy Riley, ever. That just doesn't exist. Like, that's just not going to be Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley has, he is responsible for an entire genre of music. New Jack Swing. Absolutely. And Devontae Swing, all of that. That's, like, Teddy Riley's responsibility. And... And again, Absolutely. just we got we don't have to go through bar for bar. I think Babyface ended up winning because like Babyface won, but it was close. And I'll just give you this: here are the songs that both of these men are responsible for that did not make the twenty. Ba- Babyface wrote "We Belong Together" with Mariah, right? Yeah, did not make the twenty. Mm-hmm. We're not making love anymore by Drew Hill. Didn't make the twenty. Don't leave me by Black Street. Didn't make the twenty, like, like these, like Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston oh, yeah, waiting, waiting to exhale. Didn't make the twenty, like his throwaway. His like, I'm gonna do my white song was Eric Clapton. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if I ruled the world, like, what are we ta- like? And it was like, do you like? Right. It's just so. All jokes aside, like, and again. We haven't even gotten into the soul food catalog either, so didn't make the cut. So listen, legendary shit. We got a free babyface concert. With, with, like, with Teddy Riley interludes, I think, and one thing I think that summed it up perfectly, and I forget who tweeted this out, was babyface makes music for your wedding. Teddy Riley makes music for the reception. And, no doubt. And all, sure. the, all jokes aside, First of all, shout out to both men for just, again, very incredible catalogs. Like, Teddy Riley was responsible for Remember the Time. He will never get slammed up from me as far as, like, music is concerned. And Period. shout out to Babyface for, one, having the, just the grace to be able to do this twice, beat COVID-19. And also, I did not know this, but Babyface is one shady-ass motherfucker. That nigga, I saw the nickname Shady Face trending, and I was like, I know. But see, Babyface is an Aries, so I know that nigga got it in him. I know he got it in him. <laughs> like he would just he would he would he would go into like oh like he would go into like stories and like the and on how nice the compliment was to Teddy or how long the story was was like you do there was a banger coming. But he was like, oh my god, that was a great one. Sometimes you just have one of those ones. It reminds you know how old were you when you wrote this? It, 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 oh, that reminds me of how old Bobby Brown was when he when when I played "Don't Be Cruel." I was like, <laughs> okay, talking cash shit. But the boy came in with a red blazer, candles, and Grammys. Like he came, he set the mood, and we were just so happy that Teddy Riley figured out the sound. We didn't give a fuck. We were just. He needed you niggers to understand one fucking thing. 
all jokes aside, okay? I am baby fucking face. And listen, it was so subtle from what I saw, right? The playback from what I saw. The shade was real, like, subtle. Like, it was very He was like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, you remixed like, that? I was, oh, I mean, I didn't know we were doing remixes. I mean, it's not a problem because I don't, re- I don't remix I don't do personally, remixes. but I didn't know. That's some that's some shady ass shit, bro. Honestly, Teddy Riley need to whoop his ass. Like, don't 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 call my number one hit a cute in front of he called it in front of four hundred thousand motherfucking people. I'll I'll beat your ass as soon as this quarantine's over. Like, bro, I'm about to pull up on you. Mask off. Like, step outside. Like, no, okay, see me outside real quick. Talk your shit then. But no, I fucked with it. And like I just again, all the we gonna get these jokes off, but the legend and the pen of those two men is never to be disrespected. Period. Period. Um so you have governors in this country that are being spoon fed by this president. Uh, <laughs> because you have certain states that are actually talking about reopening for yeah, get so, that? So Ohio, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina. Um, Are we even considering Florida seeing as though they never shut down? Listen, if we could sacrifice a state, if, 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 if the big homie, if, if your ancestor, if you had to make a deal with whoever, was like, look, we will, we will end this pandemic now. We will stop the quarantine. You can go back outside tomorrow and be safe. But they told us you got to sacrifice a state. I'm pretty sure we're all choosing Florida. Like, yeah, Florida. gotta go. Gotta go. And it was like, okay, look, I'll have to call the homies who live in Florida and be like, look, I need you to leave now. We're going to... I got a spot for you. But like Florida, Florida, Florida got to go. Um, So the governors and of course, all of these governors are Republican, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Got the big homie call, as I like to say, Uh, 45 pulled pulled a big homie card. And it was like, yo, and it's it's so it's so sudden because especially in Ohio's case, because Ohio had Governor DeWine, who was one of the most aggressive in the social distancing measures to begin with. He was doing so Like, he good. shut down before everybody. Like, he shut down before we were even really reporting cases in Ohio. He was like, oh, this shit's popping off. Sit down. For, from him... For him to, for him Sorry, to go, go from that, and even, like, two days before he announced it to, like, still say, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to have kids come back in the fall. I don't know if we're going to be able to have, like, Ohio State football games in the fall, like, two days before to then, in that same week, saying, yeah, we're going to start reopening the country on May 1st. It's wild to me. And one thing I don't like is I don't like the ambiguity of these um, orders. Like, for example... Ohio says we're just going to allow elective surgeries and some businesses to open. Doesn't say who. Doesn't it says gyms are open but bars are still closed. We don't know if we're going to be allowed to dine in. Like and, and wax ladies are saying I'm open. A number of wax ladies are saying like nah, it's still closed. So it's like if a there's not a lot of conf- there's not a lot of clarity, which is frustrating. And B. My nail tech text me. Now, your nail tech text you was like, pull up your... <laughs> My nail tech was just like, I know you missed me. And I called her ass toxic. 
Bitch, you know I miss you. I've already got an appointment booked. And so, again, in a lot of these places, like massage parlors in Georgia Vapor Line, massage parlors, nail salons, tattoo shops, it's impossible to do it while social distancing. I wish you would try to tattoo somebody six feet away. <laughs> you feel me? And so, no way. That's, that's the first thing. Second thing is, is now it's putting the squeeze on individuals, businesses, employees, and employers who may not feel safe going back so quickly. And now yeah. you're telling, now these governors are telling the world that, yeah, we're reopening. And But for someone like myself or someone who has like, who's high risk in any way, shape, form, or fashion, if I don't feel comfortable, now you allow my landlord who may have, you know, allowed rent to, you know, freeze for the month of April to say, well, everything's opening up in May, so pay your rent. So do I, like, risk going to work and catching it? Do I lose my job? And and now, if I lose my job because I refuse to come in, I don't even get unemployment because I technically quit. Instead of instead of getting fired, I technically quit. All of those things, like, and, and then, that's even for businesses as well. Like, um, I know a couple tattoo owners and nail shops, like, yeah, we don't necessarily feel comfortable going back opening up right now but if our landlord sees that and and then expects his rent paid in full on march on, on may 8th what am i gonna do and and i right. think i think go so ahead, I, go just, ahead again, I, have my, I have another point but i've been talking for a while so go ahead no friend you're fine i just think that in in it's way too soon and we all know that and the crazy thing is that I, this entire situation has been so touch and go that nobody has direction. Nobody has a clear, like, okay, this is the marching order. This is what makes the most sense. You know, clear, I think clear, excuse me, transparency should have been the saving grace here, and it's not. So the fact that we're all kind of operating in this really gray space as we've been doing, and now you're telling people that, see, it was when I watched the news, my parents said, listen to what they're saying, but also look for what they're not saying. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the word apex in a week. Peak. So have we hit it? Have we peaked? We haven't. But you're talking about opening up businesses, but you're also not telling me if we are over the hump. And so here's a a couple more things, right? And I want you to watch when this change, watch when the narrative of this change as soon as they, as reports started to release that this was negative, like disproportionately impacting black and brown communities, every the, the conversation changed for protecting everyone. I know, I know it sucks, but we got to protect everyone. That conversation changed into we got to reopen the economy, we got to go back to work, we got to, you know, we got to reopen the we can't let these businesses die. As soon as they realized that's disproportionately affecting the same people, they never gave a fuck about. <laughs> Like that's that's and, that and so now we're have never stopped and have working. never stopped working. So We've so now for the few people who who may have you know been off of work, we're we're telling these predominantly low income, predominantly black and brown communities that they need to sacrifice themselves in order for this economy. And and what it's so wild to me because we've said this multiple times, like. A, a business needs customers to to buy their product in order for them to make money. If the work ain't selling, you ain't making money. And what is going to happen 
when you force people back out into the workforce too early and now we start seeing spikes even greater than the first time. Like, yeah, so second wave of a coronavirus is going to happen. It happens with every viral infection. A second wave happens. It happened with SARS, it happened with bird flu. A second wave happens. Yeah, because people stop being cautious because we think that life as we know it is it's, back it's, to it's, it's like not. It's like you stop taking your antibiotics just because you feel better and you don't finish off that seven-day Z-pack that they give you for a reason, but you stop taking it because I want to drink this weekend, and then you get right back to it. It's like, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. And it's like, it's so, frust- it's so frustrating because it, it, it's like unforced errors. So it's like, it's like we're intentionally making the Sasha Fierce album. You feel me? It's like, <laughs> it's like we're <laughs> intentionally making like, rated r it's like we're intentionally making some stupid shit be- because we just were so tunnel vision on getting the economy that working and i get it and again we try not to be super political but i get it it sucks to not be able to work it sucks that businesses are closing down it sucks it's the economy is getting its ass kicked right now there's no denying that but at what point did we decide that dollars are worth more than lives and the, the, day, the moment we decided that is when the moment we realized, that, oh, it's not really affecting white people. It's just affecting the same black and brown people we never gave a fuck about. Fuck them. And, and it's also funny that we talked about these Karens, these white people are protesting a pandemic. I want you, I want you to sink, let that sink in for five seconds. These white people are protesting a pandemic. And it's like, I remember, I remember in Cincinnati um, that when the, when the, when one boy went to jail and got charged with felonies and had to pay that bond because you know he had his club corona, whatever. I remember p- people in right. Georgia and in Michigan, excuse me, being charged a thousand dollars for being in a park because they were violating social distancing orders, right? But these white people. Yep. And I hate, again, you, you hate to make it all about race, but it's really hard not to when you see the clear difference. These white folks are out here protesting in mass, which is also wild. Like, do you care about catching this coronavirus or not? How are you protesting and trying to keep yourself safe? In mask with guns. Are you going to shoot the virus, nigga? What, what are we talking about? And so, but. In mask with guns. So these people were protesting the state house. These people were protesting all across the country in Kentucky. Side note, Kentucky had its highest coronavirus week, but week after everybody started protesting. So two and two sometimes still equals four. Um, where's their thousand dollar fines? Where's their, when, when are they getting arrested for violating the social distancing staying home orders? Never mind. Never mind. It's I, like, I know the answers. Right. Never mind. Right. We already know. We know the jig, right? It's one of those things, Cal, where not surprised. Just disappointed. It's like you ain't gotta you you don't have to continue to remind me you don't give a fuck. That's like that's like your ex. So what America continuously does to black and brown people is is similar to how like it'd be something like if your ex broke broke up with you, cheated on you, and then constantly slid your DMs with a picture of their new bitch. Like, just wanted to let you know I'm happy. Fuck you. Ah, like, every two weeks. It's like, okay, I get it. Relax. It's one, of, 
It's like one of those things where it's like, nigga, I would block you if I could. Like, how do I block my country? <laughs> and then people, but and then people ask. Then, I saw this West Indian ask, like, I always see Black Americans clinging onto their blackness more than their country. I mean, West Indians are proud for West, in, West, in, you know, West India. Like, I only see Americans aren't proud to be. I was like, do you see how they threw this over here? Why would I be proud to be American? Like, I'm proud to be black. I'm proud my to be nigga. black. No. But like, the nuts part about like this is that I keep seeing signs talking about my body and my rules <laughs> with masking. Satire is dead. Long live satire. Long live fucking satire, right? Because I'm just like, leave it to <laughs> leave it to Republicans to finally recognize body autonomy. And right? the one in the, <laughs> And it's like I have to You recognize it. body autonomy at the at the most inopportune time to do so. It's like, it's my you know, body, my rules when I'm trying to keep you safe. It's just like, I, exactly. Like, not when I'm talking about a collect, never mind. Again, don't want to get political. This ain't that. But I just had to point out the cognitive dissonance there. It was funny as fuck. Like, I hate it here. I fuck, I fucking hate it here. Um, Moving right along, friends. Baby face, governors. Um, Oh, I wanted to talk about, they are, the WNBA they had, is They had their draft, they had their draft G- earlier this week. They, right, right, they had their draft earlier this week, and Gigi, along with the two other players that um, lost their life, Gigi Bryant, along with the two other players that lost their life, were actually honored by being drafted in the WNBA draft, and uh, Vanessa Bryant actually took to Instagram to thank her, and to thank everybody, and to say how touched she was. And to be honest with you, Cal, every time that woman opens up her mouth, I burst into tears. Because she does not owe us shit. She don't owe us. Honestly, y'all would have still been waiting to hear from me. To this day, waiting to hear from me. And she has shown nothing but poise, grace, and honestly, generosity. Because she, you're sharing not only your husband, your best friend, and your child with us. Like, she is strength personified. Because I couldn't do it. Uh, um, I absolutely couldn't. And... So again, shout out to WNBA for for that gesture. Um, again, it's it's because again, I think even Kobe Kobe um, was an advocate for the WNBA. Like he was an advocate. The number yes. one player is like was like a friend of Kobe's. The girl who got drafted number one was like Kobe's mentee. Um, you know, just he he and and he would even reject the notion that he needed a son because he was like. Because everyone would come up to him again, you know, invade celebrities' private spaces because we're just used to that at this point. And so he's like, you need a son. You need somebody to carry the legacy. You need a mom, a junior. You need a son. And he was like, don't you? Like, I'm good, nigga. She go, and she, she's like, I got this. Like, I'm going to take care of it. Like, it's me. And just understanding how how proud Kobe was of his daughters is. And it's just, you know, they, they again, more strength, more strength than I can manage. Listen. My mama even mentioned, my mama even Listen. mentioned, like, planning her, her, you know, after her death. I'm like, where the fuck you think you going? Nigga, we going together. Like, the hell? Like, like the, you you go, I go. You know, ha- the fuck? having older parents does that, though. Because, again, my dad is older. My dad is 77 years old. So, having those conversations has been a part of, honestly, my childhood. My dad has been a senior citizen the majority of my life. So, 
having the conversation about what happens after dad dies, what happens next with my mom and my dad and knowing those final arrangements is sobering as fuck. Like there's nothing more adult than burying your fucking parents. I'm like, and then you look at Vanessa Bryant, who's had to do that prematurely. Yeah, I just, it goes against the laws of nature for child. to bury their child. So it's just, whoo, child. Her strength, um, I, just, I can never. I just know, because um, the last dance documentary appeared, uh, premiered Sunday. And we know that Kobe's involved. We know that eventually Kobe is going to be interviewed. And I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself to hear that interview and not cry. Because, like, even David Stern, when uh, David Stern appeared, because he, you know, passed, like, first of his year. It was just like, fuck, like. Yeah. You're not so, he wasn't supposed to go, like, it's, and it's really, it's really wild that we buried Kobe before we buried Jordan. It's like, it just, it just felt like the, it just felt like the natural order of things was, was interrupted right. when that happened. And honestly, life, this world hasn't been the same since. Like, honestly. You know what? Kobe's one of those deaths that I knew for a fact. Like, and basketball fan, not basketball fan, like, sports that y'all know how I feel about the sports. All of that shit aside, Kobe was a part of all of our childhood. Kobe's a part of my life, whether I want him to be or not. You know, just because of the time period in the era that I, that I grew up in. So, there comes a time where... Like, you put all of that aside and you start looking at the impact and the legacy and just, you know, the things that these, that these men were. So, you know, when it, you know, what's crazy is I told myself that when they show the Kobe document, I mean, the Kobe portion of Mike's last dance that I would actually host like a little watching thing at my house or something like that. Because the impact, even Michael Jordan, I'm not a fan of Michael Jordan, the man. But Michael Jordan, like the athlete, and again the impact that he's had on my childhood, I can't. Listen, there's some people, there's some people like who um, their their real introduction to MJ is going to be this documentary because they weren't really around, they weren't really alive, they weren't really cognizant. Um, you know, when Jordan was at his peak, was at his powers, and you start, and, and I saw some right. woman again. I appreciate the women who allow men to enjoy things, right? I appreciate the women who are like, you know what? I'm going to let y'all have this one. Cause, because I tweeted about that, some, actually. Yeah, she was like, I'm, I think I saw you. She was like, I'm a, I, I would complain, but niggas have had sports since like February for real. Like, I'm going to let y'all have that. And how the fuck would I feel if something that I absolutely love, like, that I absolutely enjoy. That's like me not being able to see Beyonce ever in my like, life. Yeah. Like something of my favorite being taken away from me. And a sports is a part of being a sports fan is a lifestyle. You guys keep up with everything. Being a fan of anything, honestly, is a lifestyle. Like your sports center is a part of everybody's morning or day, getting an alert, keeping up with things. Like it's one thing that brings us together. It's the great equalizer is sports. Because it transcends socioeconomical class. It transcends so much. It's the same thing with music. So having that being taken mm-hmm. away from you, so to speak, you know what I mean? And, is it, yeah. That hurts. And, and it's a part of a coping mechanism for a lot of us. So imagine going through this pandemic with sports. And it's, Not saying it would have been any more or less, but you would at least We would at least had something to watch at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's only so much right. rerooms people can take. But I saw Shorty, she was like, 
she was like niggas she was like niggas tripping over this Jordan doc like like he's Beyonce and I'm like baby I know you're young because like if you don't think Michael Jordan is on that was on that same level as be as like worldwide superstar like you clearly aren't old enough like he had and he had professional basketball players when he played overseas for the dream team asking him for autographs right. after the game after he just beat their ass asking right. for autographs like so it's just it's, it's just it's funny because it shows like the cognitive dissonance of like if you're well versed in one era era but you're not well versed in another era if you're well versed in music and not sports you have that blind side but even still rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers so it's like it, 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 it intertwines a lot in our culture but it's just funny issues like these niggas think these niggas tripping over Jordan like a Beyonce I'm like baby back in the in the late 90s like everyone knew Jordan everyone still knows Jordan 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 makes so much money off the shoe deal alone like like even if you don't even if right. you've never watched basketball a day in your life I guarantee you own a pair of the shoes like let's let's be honest with ourselves here uh, but um, shout out to um, again, rest in peace to everyone we've lost over this last four and a half months. Twenty twenty has whooped our ass as a collective. Because what type of year twenty? What type of year will let Kobe die? It's just yeah, it's just um yeah. yeah. What we got next? <laughs> now I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, this year has been I know sad as fuck. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so 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 sorry. So you know what the new saying is lately, Calvin. I'm not racist. I'm 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, guess, yeah let's get it. At least recently, there have been a huge wave of these white children on TikTok and their teens on TikTok. Not even just white, because there was an, a couple Asian ones too, where racists have gotten so bored that they're not even bored, but racism just, it doesn't quit, right? So- they get on their TikToks, and I guess there's one of the, I don't have TikTok, never made one, have no idea, right? I really do feel like it's for the children. And I've they're getting on, and I'm assuming it's just one of those filters, and it has a cotton filter. And so these children have been making racist TikTok videos. It's like a trend. It's like a trend. Filter. It's like if they the trend is is like yeah. they, they say something like super stereotypical, like this, like um best fried chicken recipes, or or like something like that. And and then it's like now that all the now that all the either, depending on how bold they are now that all the niggers are here all the black people are here here and then they show us picking cotton it's like how's my form or like some sort of it's just why why is being racist a rite of passage for white children you know and I don't understand why your coming of age story has to be about being racist. You're a lot of white with these children, their coming of age story is, oh, I don't know, or I was 17, or I was just a kid. So that makes me that lets me know that racism is a part of your household. It's where it's the way you were raised. Because racists aren't born, they're raised. Yeah. So you being a racist piece of shit is a part of who you are. Because it was in your household, which means you have racist parents. Their parents are probably as well racist. 
And it dates back to your great-great-granddaddy's cotton gin, who was also fucking racist. So, it's ingrained. That's who the fuck you and are. And it's always like, we talk and about... And I don't want to hear about these apologies. We talk about racism. Like, racism's going to die. Like, no, it's not. Because just when these old motherfuckers die, they no. didn't even teach it to the young motherfuckers. Like, like, and it's also... It's like... I don't... I'm, I'm torn. Right, because again, I'm I'm huge on let's not give these trolls energy, let's not make these trolls famous, right? Like I'm huge on that. Because I feel like at this point black outrage is a marketing tactic. Like if you wanna if you wanna get interactions and views and, and shit real quick, like even one of the um the shorty who lost who shorty and her boyfriend got expelled from school and for making like a, a racist Good. TikTok and like I think her college like did the okie doke of her mission. Right again, all that good. Shirley started off as a had like 192 followers on Instagram, she now has 20,000. You feel me? So I'm just like, I understand this, but I'm torn. Like, yes, I feel like if you want to be racist publicly and you want to be so as bold as to broadcast it, yes, you in the internet world, we can find everything about you in an instant. What makes you think that? I think the part that gets it to me is that you're not you're sorry, sorry you that you're caught. racist because you're sorry that you got caught being a racist. You thought that your whiteness was going to transcend consequences. And that's the part about it that fucking kills me. So yes, I do not give a flying fuck about your future because you didn't. I do not care about your apologies. And you know what? As somebody who's raising a, 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 a young son, a black child, you know, you don't give, there are no sympathies for racism. They're not. Because if the shoe was on the other foot, they would watch your black ass hang and die. We okay? don't, That's we, what they we see don't you get as. that. There is, no, there is no humanity for me. There is no humanity for me when it comes to racism. A racist. Fuck that. That's not a mistake for you. It's not a game. It's not fucking funny. And you know better. You are 17 years old. You went through umpteen history classes. You know fucking you, better. Yeah. And you've had interactions with actual black people at this point. So you do know what black people are human beings. You don't see us as human beings, but that doesn't mean that we're not. So you fucking know better. You did that to you. So no, I don't feel bad about these little kids losing their fucking scholarships, getting expelled from school, and having no fucking futures. I don't feel bad about the actual real-life consequences for racist-ass kids. I don't feel bad for their parents that are going to end up having to raise them all over again in their fucking 30s because they're not. They're not. I need pe- I need them racist-ass kids to get it. And I, I don't care. I don't fucking care. I have no humanity. I'm not have. I have no patience for it none i have no heart i have no oh kids will be kids no want to know what kids do kids sneak out after curfew kids break shit around the house kids fuck up in class kids get kicked out of school for talking kids get into fights with each other that's some kid ass shit you being a raging racist is nothing childish about that to me you were raised that way so you know what fuck you and your parents as far as i'm concerned it's funny. That's it. <laughs> and if you run into my child, and if you just so happen to run into one of my boys, I'm going to tell them to wear your little ass out. It's fine. Since we got consequences are being dealt with, it's fine. And not only am I going to tell my child to wear you out, I'm filing charges and you will be charged as a hate crime. Talk, talk to me nice. Yes, my child knocked your fucking teeth out because you called him a nigger. What's up? It's funny because it's like... 17 year old, you know, you 
and because I know this, because again, we've, we've all had some sort of dealings with like the criminal justice system. You're 17 years old and you, and you and you do a crime, you can try it as an adult. You feel me? Like if you, if, if I'm 17 and I'll rob somebody, they, they, but I'm generally get tried as an adult. Like they're like, Oh, you 17, you're close enough. And it's like, and, um, Dave Chappelle, who is one of the greatest comedians of our time has like, a he has a bit, it's called how old is 15 really? And he talks about how this, you know, this child goes missing at 15 and be, and she's like six minutes from her house and she's gone for like six months. But everyone's like, Hey, you know, like give her, give her credit, you know, give her credit. She's just a kid. She's 15 versus, uh, versus this black kid who, who tries a wrestling move on his like little brother and ends up like paralyzing, ends up hurting the kid. I don't know if he killed him or hurt him. And he gets 20 right. years be, be, and they tried him as an adult at 15. It's like we, because of our, blackness we don't get to be children we don't get we don't get to be we don't get the boys will be boys treatment we don't get to oh he was just a kid treatment like i look in again this is probably the most political podcast we've had but i look at i look at a tamir rice who was 12 who got who got shot in point like seven seconds because he was playing with a toy gun and and then i'm then i then i try to conflate that with why I should give you a pass for saying racist shit at 17. And, and, and the math doesn't math to me. It's like, if, if 17 is truly still a child, if, if you're a child at 17, then why don't we give black people the ability to be a child at 17? We got little black girls getting thrown out of their schools because of their natural hair at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. But you're a chill as child at because 17 it's... if you're white. It's, fun. it's, just, it's funny to me. It's funny. It's funny. Mm-hmm. We don't see black children as children. And as I look at Kiddo, now, mind you, Kiddo will only be 11 this year. He'll only be 11. So in a lot of our kids, shit, 11-year-old, you're, you're ready to be a teenager, right? You're, you're on your way, but you haven't quite gotten there yet. You're, you're, you're still a kid. Hell, there are teenagers. I have a 14-year-old stepchild. He is still a kid to me with a lot more responsibilities. But in my head, you're a fucking child. I look at Kiddo, and I'm like, you're not a kid anymore. And it's hard for me, like to the outside world, like to white women on the street, to, to, to the outside world, anybody outside of our community, I have to start looking at my son in the eyes as if the way the world is viewing him right now. And he's bigger than your average 11 year old. He's not, he's wide and he's tall. So at some point we're starting, we're starting to get into that age where my son is not going to be seen as a kid. He's going to start being seen as a threat because he's big and he's strong and he's bigger and stronger than the majority of the the average 11 year old. Our children, he's going to make that turn a lot faster than I think I'm even prepared for. I'm not. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things, because, again, I mean, I've dealt with that. Like I've had to have I've had to have I had to have had that's a lot of words Um, that 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 Mm -hmm. that what do you do when the police stop you talk at like 10 you feel me it was like I remember I remember walking in my neighborhood seeing the police slow down clearly eyeball me up 
because I, 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 I guess I matched whatever description that was on the radio and then realized that wasn't me and then was able to then just zoomed off. Like we're saying that, like we've had, like we, we don't get to, like we talk about, you know, back in 9-11, they kind of robbed our innocence as children. Our children don't have innocence to rob. We like, as soon as they're able to talk, walk, speak full sentences and go to school. And as soon as they are able to, you know, like look like they're a couple years older, we got to have that talk with them because right. otherwise it's, it's almost like we're doing, doing them a disservice if we try to like hide the real world from them. And we are. And it's, it's so scary. It's so like, how do you prepare your children for that? You don't. You like you don't. There's certain things that it's just like, all right, certain experiences, yes, they're going to just have to have. But also as a parent, it's my job to make sure that you're equipped for that shit. And I know that my first racist encounter, my parents, like, they told me what the possibilities were, but you don't know what that's like until you know what that's like. Until you've experienced that shit. And nothing prepares you for the moment where you're like, I have to protect my blackness, but I also need to make it home. That's a very, very peculiar situation that we like. I have to arm my son for. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. And, and, and no, remember please. TikTok. This is my, and remember. Yes. And so, like again, I graduated from my university, which puts the W in PWI. You feel me? And TikTok's height was just a cesspool of like all the isms, whatever ism you want. Oh, you mean yik yak? Yeah, yeah, yik yak. My bad. I say tic tac, whatever the fuck. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Left foot, uh, right foot slide. Um, but oh, yeah, yik yak. Remember that? And it was like, at his. I absolutely and remember that. It, it was like, whatever ism you wanted, you could find. Like, and just. And I remember, because when we, we had, like, a, we held a protest. I think this might have been. This might have been when Trayvon died. Um, and we held a protest. And, yep. and the student center, kind of like a sit-in. And you go on TikTok, and it's just nigger, nigger, monkey, gorilla. Like, I wish I could shoot all of them. You know what I'm saying? Just like, and it's like, those students who felt so emboldened by the anonymous nature of Big Cat are also the 17-year-olds who are making TikToks about, how's my form? Like, I just, I, I believe in consistency more than anything else. And we're never consistent when it comes to how we treat black and white children like you're still a child at 17 but i but i'm a grown-ass man at 12 like (laughs) how how are we supposed to if they're old enough to get how are we supposed to like match up they're old enough to get on that platform if they're old enough to get on that platform make dumbass decisions on this platform make no excuse me make conscious decisions on that platform they are old enough to suffer the consequences from those actions lock all they lasses up i don't care you don't give a fuck about your future i don't either i don't and we're living in the millennial generation they know exactly what the capabilities are of the internet are they know nothing dies on the internet where they are from the generation beneath us Okay, y'all understand we have been preaching for a while that nothing dies on the Internet. Nothing dies here. So, you know, exactly what the fuck you're doing. You know, it's not just a 30 second story that and just because it's private or on your close friends doesn't mean that it's between your followers or close friends. I've seen so many screenshots of niggas of other people's close friends. I'm just like, you're not even going to you're not even going to do it to play away and like 
hold hold the button down so it don't show that you're screenshotting someone's close friends. So it's just it's like I I I don't have sympathy. I know you don't. We, we but it's just like it's funny that it's not even that. Like I just wish we had that we held everyone to the same level of accountability. Whatever your whatever your dial is, I wish we had that same energy for everybody. And that's it. That's 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 my point. You know what I. You know, I don't want to know what I want, like, so the, for my, in my core. A million dollars? Don't play with me about your racism. I mean, that too. But, like, don't play with me about your racism. Don't play with me about it. Don't. Don't sit here in my face and, and apologize for being blatantly racist, right? Oh, I'm just a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. Yada, 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 right? Stand up upright with your feet firmly planted in your racism. Stand up directly in that shit. Don't placate it. Don't play with me. Play with your bitch. And stand up, stand directly up in that shit. Yeah, I said it. And what? You knew what the fuck you was doing when you pushed record. You know what the fuck you're doing now that you can't go to school. Next. Speaking, of, ne- speaking of next, like said, what we got? What we got? What we got next? Next. Remember next for yeah. the dating show? I absolutely do. Actually, eliminate. See, was see next was... Next was my shit because it was just like depending on the episode and wasn't nothing. So for those who don't know what next is, let me let me let me not assume that everyone is like hip. You know what I'm saying? Like so, next was a day show back on MTV <laughs> mid two thousands. You know, around that time, and so the idea there was like a group of like four or five people on a bus. You know, and then you would have like the dater, the suitor. And each person would go on to, you know, on the date. And one by one. And for every minute you last in the date, they would quote unquote pay you a dollar. And so if you went 20 minutes right. and then the person was like, next, okay, you got $20. Um, and whoever that person was like feeling the most at the end of the day, if it was like, I want to go on a second date with you, you had the ability to be able to choose the second date or however much money you made before she, before that person said, I want to go on the second date. So people would choose the money over the second date. And my favorite part was when some poor motherfucker would walk out on that bus, would walk outside that bus, and would, before saying a word, person was like, next. <laughs> She would walk out all proud and happy. It was I just mean, like next. Bow. <laughs> I'm weak. I remember the pettiest thing that I've ever saw anybody get nexted for was because she was wearing acrylics. Nigga, I wouldn't even made it on the buzz. I like my shit long and clackety. Clickety clack, the bad bitch is back. Okay? No, 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 no. Like I would I Well, have well sometimes sometimes but if you want to date a bird, you gotta be a zookeeper. You feel me? Like you gotta a zookeeper. A zoo, you, like you, if you gotta handle a bird, you gotta be able to know how to be a zookeeper. Sometimes niggas ain't zookeepers. Sometimes niggas are like you know whatever. They just don't. They don't. They can't. They they can't run with the with the with the wings. All right. I mean, you're right. A bad bitch is not is is limited edition, and it ain't for everybody. It's fine. Absolutely fine. Friend, it is actually time for the question of the day. Yeah, let's get it popping because we're gonna have a discussion about this. Cause I, cause I think this is this is a perfect quarantine topic because everybody's in their house, they ain't got shit to do but do this. So let's get it popping. 
All right. So the question of the day brought to you by the Shoot Your Shot pod was, in your own words, what is a thirst trap? Now, I got hella answers, and a lot of them were repetitive. So anything that's too repetitive, friend, let's just go ahead and mention it once. Keep it right um, So um, uh, showing, showcasing the body tastefully, I'm like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a thirst trap, though. Like, you could just really, you know, some people can't avoid showing their body. Um, somebody, uh, somebody said, my life is a thirst trap. I was like, all right. Um, um, someone else said a post or text designed to elicit a flirtatious or sexual response to boost one's ego or, or GTD, get to draws. And okay. again, people not fucking with me. They fucking with you. I think, I think, I think you the A Mike. Um, last one I had, oh, last no, one I had up. was a subtle action taken, a post, a pic, a tweet, etc., to illicitly inspire others to pursue that pussy or that me his words not mine jesus christ all right so somebody was like anytime i walk out the house sir um posting something that you know gets the opposite sex going example my beard and my smile y'all was really in my inbox flexing today okay um posting revealing photos i had a couple of those um the one that was very like pretty much central theme was attempting to gain the attention of these hoes and hoes was gender was gender neutral so i appreciate that <laughs> you stand your um, non-binary looking like <laughs> stand a non-binary drag okay um looking like a steak in photos but a happy meal in see person. what he means is catfish that's All a right. catfish like that's not a first trap but a, a catfish can okay. first trap it could also a be a catfish can first trap but a thirst trap can't catfish. I have posted a picture. I posted a picture when my ass was looking all right. And I was like, y'all already know that this ain't really my ass. It's just the way it was sitting right now. Oh, so okay, It counted. An illusionist. Okay. Got you. You know, basically, somebody asked me to post one of my thirst traps. And sir, you may, you may also exit my inbox. Um... <laughs> Anything, and the honestly, the central one was anything done for attention that you don't intend on returning. That was so. For example, I think I want men to stop falling for the ass on the sink thirst trap because it's not. It's we talked about. It's a. It's an illusion. It's not real. Like I want. I want niggas to. to, I want niggas to stop falling for like damn. Should he? No, she's just sitting on a sink, bro. Like when when she stands up, you're gonna be disappointed. Like. Just, just, just prepare yourself. Um. So hear me out, because the mid's still selling, and <laughs> I ain't gonna get into too many details. Just please understand that the mid is still selling. But, but okay. the mid always sells. But also, we should want people to stop smoking mid if they can, if they can help it. Yeah, but. That ass up on the counter has still gotten the job done, Calvin. Stop trying to sit on me, goddamn it. I have found an angle that works. <laughs> it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Um, what, so yeah. what do you... So what, my, what, what, you know, what's your favorite... I'm, say, I'm, I'm asking you. Like, What makes a, a good thirst trap to you? So, to be honest, right... I take fire nudes if I do say so myself, but I don't like nudes. If that makes sense, I like 
in, I like the assumption, an assumed nude. Okay, like semi-nude, but like I enjoy shadows and shapes and figures and I allow my imagination to do the majority of the work. So if you send me like, and honestly, men don't know their angles. So y'all sending me dick pics does nothing because y'all be sending them ashy and flaccid. It, I don't like dick pics. But, and women take the best nudes. Like there, it's an art. But I, my favorite nude that I think I've ever gotten was actually, of course it was from a woman, but it was more or less like the blinds had casted a shadow over her body and the way the shadows kind of landed, it was across her nipples and like across her butt. So I couldn't really see much, but I mean, I couldn't see the actual nipple, but I got the idea of it. It was the, it was so fucking fire. It was fire. I like the things, things that make me thirsty are things that make my imagination go. So you allow my imagination to get to playing and, and doing that. You got me sold, sis. I like that kind of shit. And for a man, a man can send me thirst traps via cash out. Are you All right. hungry? All right, listen. Did you eat today? Is your Duke shut still due? The, shut That's how shut the fuck up. Traps. I, I get to drooling shut ASAP. The fu- I get to salivating at the mouth. So shut the fu- so that's not a th- that's not a thirst trap though. See a thirst trap. See see, I'm t- I'm gonna break it down because me asking you something isn't a trap because the idea of a thirst trap is I post something not directed to you specifically and you come coming. You feel me? Or I or I send you something with like maybe you no know, you not even any context. And you come, you come running like, yes, daddy, that's the thirst trap. So, for example, and I do, I do, I listen, as a man, I know I don't take selfies like that because I don't know my angle. So, and I've t- hushed on this podcast how I don't send dick pics unless explicitly asked. And even then, I got to be like, you sure? <laughs> you, you sure? But because, again, like, my experience, they like videos better. But that's neither here nor there. But so, I love a good video and a hint of peekaboo titties. Oh my God. Like, oh my God, I was moving so seductively in this video and oh my God, my pussy lip popped out. What? Girl. Like, I love that kind of shit. I love a good video. And so, I think for me, one thing that makes a good first trap as as far as like for, for, for women is um... If we gotta bring back side boob, listen. I think side boob is vastly unappreciated in today's society. Um, I got side titty. Okay, ain't no side boob in this bitch. You gonna get side boob followed by a flap of fat, nigga? What do you want from me? I, I said first and most. I said what I said. Secondly, so okay, so I like you biased. So I like so under boob. Cleavage, side boob, well, any like the peekaboo titty as you like to refer to. That's also that's always a favorite. Um, and I there's some things that like certain people don't consider it a thirst trap, but I but I consider it a thirst trap. If you post a video of you like trying on like some pants and you're like struggling to get get it over your ass or like you 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 just you, those fitness progress pics. In quotation marks, we're just like I'm just I'm just, I'm just trying to see how my gains are. Like okay, okay, shorty, all right, all right. 
Sure. Whatever you say. Um, those are those are good. I'm not gonna hold you. I have totally I've totally sent that kind of video. And he was like, Alex, you in this booty, bro. You in this note. Like, the effort was there, sis. We see um, But also, we talked about imagination. Um, like, I think the best way for men to, 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 to participate in the thirst trap game without becoming a total, mm-hmm. what's your cash app, head-ass nigga? Um... You you mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of head ass niggas in your life, and I'm actually offended because they they dilute the game for the real niggas. Um, but it's just kind of it's just like men have to send personalized thirst traps or, or personalized shit because you have to know your audience. So the biggest thirst trap a man has, or at least in my experience, is cooking. Like if I if I cook if I t- like if I t- tweet out or like show like a, you know me cooking something like shrimp scampi or something like that's a little more than what they usually expect from a man you inbox starts doing the digital dash like oh so you're gonna cook without me listen women turn into <laughs> women turn into the biggest fuck niggas on the planet when it comes to a plate all uh, right without me you just gonna cook without me like you ain't invite me can't, watch can't your fucking mouth <laughs> like come I'll be over. Watch your fucking mouth. Why? Because I'm telling the truth. I'm, I'm being loud. I might even bring a bottle of wine if you ask nicely, <laughs> nigga. But absolutely. Do you know how often it is? And when I say often, we're a man. I can remember the last time a man was like, I'm about to cook for you. And he made it a night. Like, I... Literally, he made it an entire night. Like, he said, you sit on the couch, handed me a glass of wine cooking dinner we the conversation was there i showered before dinner like he made it a whole fucking like a big deal that he was cooking for me and i was appreciative it wasn't just like shit bitch um yeah i'm gonna put this alfredo on and i'm grateful listen i'm a grateful bitch for alfredo alfredo is a quick meal it gets it done and i'm satisfied now 10 bonus points if you make your alfredo sauce from scratch listen like I'm a gluttonous whore for pasta. You can't go wrong with Alfredo. With well, me. you're you're you're. I saw something that combined whore and like pasta, and I don't know I don't know how to fit, really make it work, so I'm not gonna try. But it was funny when I saw it. Um, but that's the thirst trap, or you know, niggas. I don't have abs, but niggas who do have abs can use their abs in the thirst trap. <laughs> or the biggest thirst of the. I got the biggest video. thirst trap of all. The biggest <laughs> thirst trap of all. It's fresh cut Fridays, nigga. Fresh cut Fridays Woo. is be it's 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 like it's like having a two K hot streak. Fresh cut Fridays is like so. When do you feel you feel at your baddest? Right after you get a wax, right? You get your nails done. You you do the whole shabanga bang. Listen, when I get like the triple threat combo with my nails, toes, with my nails, hair, and my wax is done, baby, you you can't tell me not a goddamn thing. Selfies, absolutely. What's crazy is that whenever I'm getting ready to go get service, I put on a full face because as soon as this is done, I need to be seen. Somebody's going to have to take a picture. I'm getting ready to drop at least three fifty to make sure. When outside opens up, I've already put aside the money that I'm going to need to spend in order to get back to back, in order to get back to being presentable, like to the public. Like you nakers, I'm not getting dressed for. But the outside world, oh no, y'all going to see this. I, nah, fuck that. To get me back to optimum bad bitch, it's going to cost me at least 350 
But if you tack on the lipo, another 4,000. Because the bitch gained 15 pounds since we've been in the house. Sure did. Just sure don't come did. out this motherfucker looking like a tooth. If you if you come out this bitch looking like a tooth, I'm going to call you tooth fairy the rest of time. Uh, you understand me? No, it's fucking speaking of which, I hear you. But my actual, my plastic surgeon emailed me and was just like, hey girl, <laughs> a quick update about services. Are you still good for December? <laughs> Listen, bro. Just, just get, just get the. Don't get the same shape. Like, I really want to know if, like, for all these plastic surgeons, do they only have one? Does it only come in one shape? Do you need like more VC to unlock the better shapes? Like, I really, I'm so confused. Listen, the the best bodies don't look done at all. Like, you want to know who's got one of the baddest bodies? Drea has got a so fire. Summer Walker. Fire. That's her. Listen, Summer Summer Walker, yeah, Summer Walker. Only problem with Summer Walker is Absolutely. like you can just tell she don't shower every day, and it really it kind of take off the luster a little bit. But it's like if you catch her, like Summer Walker has the ability to both look like a bad bitch and also look like she hasn't showered in three days in like rapid time, and it's really disturbing to me. It's fucking gross. But you want to know also, and I've been, I've been avoiding talking about this because. I will not slander my fave, but I know Beyonce got her body done. Cause listen, sis, I understand happy grown ass weight, but Beyonce ain't never had an ass like that ever, never. Uh, the twins ain't do all that, sis. They ain't do all that. I am refraining from speaking on you Beyonce. I'm, I'm refraining from speaking on Beyonce because I ain't trying to get canceled and or shot. So you got it. I will. I will say it's this fine. though. I, I, I saw I, I saw go. somebody suggest a Beyonce versus Mariah IG battle, and I don't, I don't no. want no smoke with the high, but that battle ain't gonna go how you think it's gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with y'all. It's it's probably not, but I'm always going to sit on the side of my queen. Also, they fucking know better. Could you imagine? Beyonce's not paying us. Listen, we've already. We've seen Beyonce twice in the same week because of this goddamn pandemic. She ain't giving us no fucking IG. Honestly, what's funny is that the Disney... Okay, so you saw that Disney did their at-home sing-along yeah. thing, right? And Beyonce gave us like her Wish Upon a Star opening. like She introduced mm-hmm. the show, right? What's funny is that all these other celebrities let us see the inside of their home. Beyonce said, no, you will get this wall, this blank-ass white wall in my home. And then also she did another PSA to call out how African-Americans have been disproportionately affected because of the pandemic. And again, she gave us the entire like foresty background out there in Calabasas. The bitch was not giving us her house, okay? She said, not in my home. Well- well, not she doesn't. On, she, not on this. She doesn't want. Her, she doesn't want know. us to see how she has Jay Z locked up and chained up. So, I, I feel her. As he deserves. Relax. Relax. You we don't need it. We don't because we. Um. Do you have any positive news? Um. Well, shit. March took about four years, and April's taken about four days. So there is a positive. Um. <laughs> This month is um, another positive. I would say is um, at the end of the day, con- control what you can control. If you can't control it, it's no need to worry about it. And if you can't control it, it's no need to worry about it because it, you can choose the fate of how it ends. So either way it goes, life will continue on. Don't 
don't rush back to normal because are we sure that the normal that we had is what we wanted to rush back to? I think that's, that's how I want to end it. I um I got a new kitty. <sighs> His name is Peso Montana. Okay, relax. I didn't know how many black people were fucking allergic to cats. Okay, honestly, so, honestly, my, dad, my entire we, friend group is honestly, and I'm sure you have been told this already. We would have handled a baby better if you would have said I'm pregnant. Would have been like okay, but a kitten. And first and foremost, kitten that kittens don't grow to be them asshole cats who don't need nothing for like eight months. So you, so you just going to baby that little peso for eight months. You should. Sure? I'm just saying, like they don't, they don't grow to be, they don't grow to be so, independent until also- like a year. <laughs> So this was the cure for baby fever for me, okay? And I figured, listen, if I can handle a cat, I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can handle a baby cat. They need to be fed every three hours. It, it takes a little bit more tender love and care, a little bit more attention than I'm used to having to give. But I needed something else in the house. Like, I, I definitely did. So my next purchase is going to be a plant and, like, more plant, actual plants around my house. And I got a kitten. Like, I needed to be responsible for something besides me and kiddo for a minute. So... Uh, that's my just just know none of your friends just none of your friends are coming over until (laughs) that's fine with me you niggas don't clean up after yourselves anyway we clean up after ourselves it's the other niggas you invite that don't we we, the the last time we was at your house we all made sure to like throw things away before we left because you was asleep and we didn't want you to wake up to a trash ass house okay that is fair because I listen. The once you become like a part of the friend group, right? I'm going to fall asleep if I'm in my house, and I just trust that you niggers like keep it down and see yourselves out. <laughs> like I'm not about to know. There have been times where my friends have been in my home when I haven't even been home yet. So I, that's nothing I'm worried about. I love my friends and they know that they're welcome here. But a bitch is going to sleep. Garen fucking did. If I'm tired, I'm going to bed. But no, friend, you got anything else for us? Um, stay safe. Stay home. Wash your hands. Keep your head up. Take your PTO and wash your hands. It's your boy C. Diddy. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. Peace. Peace. Baby, I'm a toy.